When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Achtung Millwall supports the Lions Food Hub, and all of our advertising revenues will be donated to support this fantastic initiative. It's now based at the Lions Centre on Bolina Road, and it's run by our own Kelly Webster. This is a friendly food bank supporting families in the Bermondsey and SE16 area. If you can help support the Lions Food Hub in any way, please visit at Lions Food Hub on Twitter, or get in touch with us at Achtung Millwall. The Lions Food Hub. Come on, you lions. You're listening to Achtung Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no sandwich. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thrice welcome, dear listeners. Welcome one and all to Achtung Millwall. Midweek action at the Den uh, for tonight the visit of Bristol City 8th place Bristol City to the Lions your Mill team tonight dear listeners one or two changes from Saturday's pretty good performance up there at Nottingham Forest unlucky as, I, as I've said on the previous show in goal tonight Barbielkowski your back line is Murray Wallace Sean Hutchinson Daniel Ballard uh, the welcome, very welcome return of Danny Mack on the right side of the defence and on the left will be Scott Malone midfield tonight you've got uh, Jules Saville and George Evans uh, selected for the starting position tonight um, up front, the very promising and um, very uh, well performing on Saturday is uh, Shea Ojo the lone player from Liverpool um, Benic Afobe on the other side of Matt Smith who starts tonight's proceedings Gary Rowett speaking to the uh, London News Online nearly said the news at Dent the London News Online says now we can be judged if we don't win championship matches on the bench tonight is Jed Wallace I think the ideal starting front line would be Wallace Afobe and Ojo uh, Smith I, I'm guessing will be starting tonight and at some point we will surely see Jed um, old words from Gary we've uh, obviously had six draws so far this season and that needs to be addressed. He, I thought he was a little bit um, downbeat in his in his um, post-match comments on, on Saturday. We were unlucky, especially with that shot from Matt Smith that hit the bar in the second half. But we really do need to turn this draws business around. We've still seen the meme online, Jaws, Jaws. When you start to become an object of fun and, and uh, ridicule, then uh, that's when you've got problems. So it will be Mill to kick off, attacking the away end. 
This is uh, Shea Ojo Foreign was just slightly behind him on the edge of the D. Feeds Matt Smith inside the box, a ball across, deflected from right side of corner. Little moment there, two minutes on the on the stadium clock. Bright start for the Lions. We we played pretty brightly, I felt, up at City Ground on on Saturday. And as we've said a few times, we, we really should have brought back the three points. There's going to be a, a right-sided corner with, with uh, Scott Malone. Little crowding the penalty area. You've got one, two, five uh, blue shirts in and around the six-yard box. In it comes. The Bristol uh, City man goes tumbling. The goalkeeper takes in the midst of a melee. Poor ball from Smith, releases the nine on 14 minutes in midfield. This is now the eight, overlapping on the on the right. That's a ball into the middle, that's headed to the edge of the penalty area. Shot blocked, thankfully. Lions um, get away with that slightly. It's a ball trying to flow it in over the top. That's up, he's over the top. Murray Wise, the full scene's through on goal. That's a brilliant, brilliant save by... Bart Bielkowski, error by uh, Murray Wallace there, the ball evaded his head completely, allowing the 14 through on goal on the, on the right side, probably a tight angle, but Bart had work to do and did it, dear listeners. We're talking about distribution on the, uh, on the show on Sunday. Um, you might criticise Bart sometimes for his distribution, but you can't criticise him for his shot-stopping and reflex goalkeeping, and that was a good example. It's a, it's a right-sided corner for Bristol City. On 16 minutes, whilst I waffle, I probably feel they should have done better from that chance. Malone, long ball forwards. He does feed Matt Smith, who gets clattered from behind. He got no um, help from the referee Saturday. He's getting none tonight. That was a definite bump in the back, but it does allow the Lions a chance to uh, break forwards. Possibly that was the advantage being played there on 17. Little ball inside. This is George Evans. His ball is blocked, and Bristol bring away. Big shout out to Bill and Paula from Jersey, who I just met downstairs on the way in today. They're over for, um, I think Bill being some of a romantic had taken to watch Jersey Bulls at uh, Horsham, Hawley, I think they said, last night, and then it's down the den tonight, his last of the Latin lovers, Bill. Lovely to see you both. So coming towards the halfway point of the of the first half, um, some bright moments for for the Lions. Also one or two opportunities for for Bristol. Millwall are not looking at 100% capacity at the moment. Not firing on all cylinders, but um, when Ojo and Afobi click, they look a very dangerous combination. Ojo looks a very very classy player. The consensus of the two people that I spoke to downstairs, coming for coming upstairs, was that um, people want Rowett to change. I mean, in fairness to him, as he said to the, the London Online News, um, now he's got a, uh, getting something towards a fully fit squad. There's entitled to be judged. Um, tonight's a big starting point for him. Um, most people, I think, don't want him sacked. They do want him to produce better football to watch because it's been pretty, pretty, pretty I, like, I sound like Larry David there, pretty, pretty dull so far. <laughs> 25 minutes. 
I don't think I've read out tonight's bench, dear listeners. It's Jules Long, Jake Cooper on the bench tonight, Keithton Bell on the bench. He did okay Saturday, I felt. Maybe we'll see him, because I don't think Evans so far for me is impressing. Jed Wallace, I'd expect to see his inventiveness has been um, been crucial. His beat will be crucial tonight from what I've seen so far. Tom Bradshaw, Ryan Leonard, and unlucky to be dropped, and Billy Mitch. substitution took an absolute eternity from injury down. It's been gone about two minutes with nothing happening. It's not exactly been the most exciting game so far. And then add in a long stretch with nothing going on. It's um, soporific, dear listeners. Ball, ball forward. is a little ball into the ball. It's Thobie from close. Decent save by the goalkeeper. Ball forward. She threw the middle. Found a Thobie in space. His shot. Probably not hit hard enough. Goalkeeper bats it away for a left, a right-sided corner. There, listeners. 32 minutes. Not been huge amounts of um, excitement to report, but that was a real opportunity. That should have been buried. Should have done better. Right-sided corner now for Scott Malone. Matt Smith being manhandled inside the six-yard box. In it comes, he's almost being rugby. Rugby tackled in there, and referee can't wait to blow his whistle. To the disagreement of block one, at least. Hutchinson, a little run forward, he finds George Evans on the right. Can he get a decent cross in? header from a phobie. Great save by the uh, goalkeeper on the, on the left post. Great um, cross, great header. Mill's best chance. Apart from the phobie chance earlier on perhaps, but that was a good save. Ball back into the mix. That's Matt Smith ball going away through. The goalkeeper takes him and immediately goes to ground. Unlucky there at Benic Afobi. Last few seconds of the first half, the listeners. It's been a bitty, scruffy um, slightly uninteresting half in some ways. A decent chance at the end there for Benigafobe and one earlier on. Um, Bristol had an opportunity on that with that um, great save from Barnes. So um, probably nil-nil is probably par for the course. There's the half-time whistle. Millwall nil, Bristol City nil. Um, draws continues to strike. We'll be back after these messages, dear listeners. A lot of downbeat comment on uh, Twitter, dear listeners, at half time. Just reading one from uh, my mate Bill, Bill Henshaw, um, referring to how long it takes him to drive over to the den on a weekday or a Saturday, for that matter, and how much the poor quality of football is depressing him and how he resents that journey. Know where you're at, Bill. Um, we need a big second half here, mate, that's for sure. Bristol going to kick us off. We'll be attacking the away end in the second half. Lions will be attacking the Colblow Lane, as uh, first defined by Archbishop Bede in Jarrow Monastery in the Anglo-Saxon days of yore. And away we go. Discussing at half-time with some of the chaps around me about the merits of Gary Rowett and um, his style. I mean, I... 
Obviously, we're speaking in the um, in the dullness of the moment here, but it, it there does need to be some spark. You need to bring the then crowd into play, and this this um, team at the moment under his management is is struggling to do that. East then consoled themselves with the traditional I can't read and I can't write song. This is Benning Afobo, he takes that long ball well in the centre circle, he feeds Danny Mack on the right, let's get the ball forwards, come on Danny, just runs into trouble slightly, that's a ball forward from George Evans, nice pass actually in the event, I thought he'd overhit it, this is Ojo, he's just run into the centre defence there and, and red shirts bring it away. Bristol are a dislikable side. They, they roll around a lot. They fall over a lot. Murray Wallace. Ball floats in. That's Scott Malone with that cross towards Matt Smith. He's nowhere near it, unfortunately. Supervisor diligently removing beers down to my right. Big girl, wouldn't argue with her. Three beers have been surrendered without any opposition down there, dear listeners. Not the mill I know. Ball over the top. This is a chance now for Bristol for on goal. Can he get a shot away? Checks inside the box. He's run out of space. He's the nine. He's twisting. He's turning. Still got the ball. Gives the possession away. There was a moment there where a better player would have had that, but Mill conceded possession. Balls into the middle. Murray Wallace with a clear, uh, header clear there on, on the right side, but Bristol do keep possession. There's a little moment there where a better player might have expected to get a decent shot on goal. That's going to go for a throw in. 55 minutes. Bristol in, in uh, possession on the right side of the middle half. 57 minutes still. Balls into the box, That's, that should be cleared now by Danny Mack. Chance for Millwall to break. Not much movement in front of him. This is George Evans. Runs himself into trouble. <laughs> Great brave chav tackle there by Dan Ballard, who gets clipped by the eight. He looks all right, he's getting up. Run it off, son. Very brave boy there, Dan Ballard. Looks like uh, Jed Wallace is coming in, and it's going to be Smith, as I indeed predicted, coming out of the game. Not been Matt Smith's best game, in fairness. He really is a weapon to be brought into the game rather than started. I know there's been reasons why he started Saturday and tonight, um, but I want to see him coming into the game late when we're chasing it. Really, the, the speed, movement, and intelligence of Ojo Wallace and Afobe should be our best forward line. Our first choice forward line. Nicely won by Jules Sadler in midfield. He breaks. Trying to feed through to Afobe. Dog ball down the middle. He's pushed over. It's got to be a penalty. It is a penalty. Benning Afobe barged over on the lovely, lovely through ball from Jules Savile. Middle penalty. 62 minutes. Sixty-third minute now. As Jed shapes up to take, keep your fingers crossed. Keep every bodily part 
that you have, dear listeners, crossed. Here we go, Jed Wallace. side of the goal, slammed home with authority, dear listeners. 1-0, this feels like a fucking weight off my shoulders. I feel like I've got a full tank of petrol. Oh dear. Watch it again, right side, Beaver gets it with power into the right side of the, of the goal for 1-0. Nicely done, Jed Wallace. <laughs> 65 minutes. And Dan has shaken off his black dog of depression. And Churchill used to have his black dog of depression. Good old favourite song there, dear listeners. Implies that Bristol is a rural ideal. I don't know if anyone's ever been to Bristol. Rural it ain't. It's another mill substitution. 14 for 24. Billy Mitchell coming in for Shay Ojo, who has looked a, a class above in, in all honesty tonight than uh, the rest of his mill colleagues. 72 minutes. Billy Mitchell comes in. Good applause for Ojo, you can hear it. Nice move, Bristol coming down our, our central avenue, straight in, into the, the five now inside the penalty area. He's gone over looking for a penalty. It's going to be a goal kick. Little moment there where I thought we might get that penalty he was looking for. He made a surge and run the five and then fell over. 75 minutes, you do want that second goal cushion, dear listeners. We all haven't seen much in the way of danger from Bristol City in the second half, but you can never um, discount the possibility with this Millwall side. So the second goal will be lovely, please. Great god of football. 88 minutes, this is now Billy Mitchell. Little ball through, he's got Joel Savile free inside the penalty here. What can he do? He checks, he's got red shirts in front of him now. This is Billy Mitchell. Slam shot, well saved by the goalkeeper. 88 minutes, that was a big chance there for Billy. He'll probably feel he should have done better there. It was a good save though, in fairness, by the goalkeeper. Ticking towards 89 minutes, dear listeners. Much better second half of the Lions since the introduction of, of Jed Wallace. The winning of the penalty, we've had more movement. Um, from that point onwards, I say it was a pretty good performance. But um, prior to that, well, let's, let's just draw a veil over. Let's not talk about it anymore. <laughs> last few seconds. This will be last chance saloon for Bristol. Chance from to launch it forward from that offside call. Debatable, but anyway. Long angle diagonal ball. Ballard being manhandled. Referee sees nothing. There it is! 1-0 Millwall! Big, big, big way 
weight off everyone's shoulders to the den explodes in joy. Um, a much improved second half with the introduction of Jed Wallace, I thought. Um, prior to that, we were just going a little bit up a blind alley, but that's a huge, um, huge win for, for uh, Gary Rowett, who has had question marks raised over his management increasingly in recent weeks with all those draws. But that is a very, very well-worked win and uh, well-deserved. But there we are, dear listeners. Thank you for listening. I'm going to be back after these messages with Mr. Ryan Loftus to analyse this in some detail. Here we go. Achtung, Mehlball. Jerry Scarlack here, live from London Bridge Station, heading back to the greenery that is the home counties. Um, we won, and I guess that's ultimately the most important thing, isn't it? Three points, uh, which obviously very pleased with. But I just don't get it, listeners. I just don't quite get it at the moment. Um, and it goes back to Gary Rout's formation and tactics. It's just all very, very strange. Um, we'd never played that formation before. We played Ojo in a number 10 role uh, and two forwards, Smith and Aphobia at the top. And we'd never, yeah, it's just, I don't know why we did it because uh, Ojo's a winger and he plays better as a winger. He played very well against Nottingham Forest as a winger. Crossed the ball in, made the goal for Matt Smith when we scored. And it just didn't work going forward. I don't know if he's trialling new things or he's thinking, you know, maybe this will work, I'll give it a go, see what happens. But Millwall have always been historically, um, under Rowett as well and also under Harris, good with wingers, especially if you play Matt Smith, who needs crosses in the box. Essentially, for the first half, you know, we only have two wing-backs who are the wide men. And, you know, there was a couple of times where all of a sudden the centre-back was getting forward and it was trying to do a one-two with a centre-half. I mean... You know, you look at that and you think, what the is going on here? Um, you know, we were clueless going forward in the first half, um, which was frustrating. And I said, 35 minutes in, this most obvious change is Smith off, Jed Wallace on to play on the right. We know Jed's been unwell, so perhaps he couldn't play that long tonight. But, you know, we looked a lot better when he did come on. Um, I thought Bristol City were fucking useless. Absolute shite. Even when we went one up, they showed no ambition to try and win the game. Um, and, yeah, we, we did... Well, I guess we did enough in the end, but we won a penalty, which I need to have a little look. Maybe it was offside, I don't know. I might be shouting out my arse. Just uh, haven't need to watch it back. Incredible penalty from Jed. Top right, can't save that. And, uh, you know, we win the game. And then, you know, we go negative after we score again. You know, Ojo comes off, Billy Mitchell comes on. You know, looks like Malone's got a knock, which is bad. And, uh, you know, Cooper comes on. But something's not fucking right still. And uh, I don't quite understand his tactics still. Um, And we've got a few games coming up where you look at it and you go, Barnsley have been poor, we're away from home there. And we've also got Luton at home, which we we hope to win. But it's so flat at the den at the moment. And uh, it was one of the worst crowds I've actually ever seen uh, on a midweek shocking don't know what it was for maybe it's because we're all bored stiffless anyway my train's here so uh wish wish you well so lady walking past with her old what's the name on and uh come on you lions let's let's hope for more cheers so here's my voice note from um last night's game 
Good morning, dear listener. Um, let's get the positives out of the way. We, we won, obviously. Uh, we got the three points, and the run of draws is now over. And I'm obviously absolutely delighted with that, as should most fans be. So we're getting a little bit drab. Um, I thought the Fobe had a really good game. I thought he played really, really well. And I did mention to a few people around me that I'd like to see him sign on the permanent if he keeps up this form for the remainder of the season. Obviously, we're only 10 games in, so still a bit of a journey to go on. Um, we didn't really have a lot to do defensively. I know there was a slip from Murray Wallace, but Bart was very, very quiet, apart from maybe one or two little things he had to do. And... Jed is Jed, isn't he? Water is wet. What was it, four minutes after coming on, he, he scores a penalty? A lovely through ball from Savile. It, it wasn't great last night. It wasn't great. There was, again, more wayward passing. Very reminiscent, as I made a note on the Coventry game, that a lot of their possession was because we were misplacing passes. I remember a few times we'd done well to bring the ball back and then just go the ball back to Bristol City in the midfield. Um, and... Once again, I just it, it just felt a little lacklustre, didn't it? It felt like I, I, I said it half time in cheek, but um, but it felt like a bit like a sort of seeing a, a deflated balloon after a party, didn't it? Because there just wasn't much there. I mean, the fan the fans are Millwall's biggest weapon. There's no doubt about that. Well, aside from Jed Wallace, um, and as Nick has said before, and fans have said before. There's, there's an element where you need to bring him into the game and I don't think they're being brought into the game. Um, I agree with the comment about Bristol City that even when they were losing, they didn't even look like they wanted to win. I remember at one point when we were 1-0 up, they were passing the ball across their back line and we had some people around saying, oh, go close them down, but just let them play it. I mean, the one they're down, they're playing across the back line, so I think that, that did help us a bit. But I think in conclusion, once again, once again, it shows just how reliant we are on Jed Wallace because when he was on the pitch, he totally, totally changed the game again. It's a big three points, not another home game now to the 16th of October. Yeah, let's see how, let's see how we are on the road. Let's, let's stay positive. 14th place. Leafy won't go down. Come in the lines. Achtung, Mehlball. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back after the break, dear listeners. Joining me now to chew over the cut of last night's mixed bag of a performance for me is Mr. Ryan Loftus. How are you doing, Ryan? I am very well. All the better for uh, three points. How are you doing yourself, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I said um, in my real-time flow of consciousness that it felt like a weight had been lifted from everyone's shoulders. Um, And it's kind of a weird thing to say, given that we're quite early in the season. But um, I found last night, I want to to try and be optimistic, listeners, on on this show. But I found last night a bit of a mixed bag of a performance, Ryan. Um, What did you make of it last night? How did you see things? Yeah, I I agree. It it was a very typical performance that we're, we're getting used to, to be honest. It was one of the ones that you imagine would end in a draw that we have yeah. win in it's 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 probably a performance we've seen a lot from from the Lions this season where we have a decent number of chances we we play pretty well probably just edge it in terms of who's the better side and in this one you know we, we get a penalty and and get the three points whereas we've seen countless times this season already and last season where sometimes it just doesn't go our way and we we come away with another draw so Definitely positives, um, but but yeah, definitely a mixed bag. I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, we've had this conversation quite a few times between all of us on on the show, Ryan, and um, you know, I think it's a fundamental thing about going to watch football at any level, any kind. You you kind of got to enjoy it, you know. And um, certainly, the first half was we started brightly. Um, I've got no notes. I'm speaking purely from memory here, listeners. We started brightly enough without creating any real decisive chances. And I'd say the same for, for Bristol. They also had loads of possession in their style and um, didn't quite create much. But then we did get um, opportunities towards the end of the half. I mean, two moments really spring to mind fell to to um, Benica Fobe. Um, the first chance was like a, a headed ball, I believe it was a headed pass through. Um, I think it was George Evans that, that put him through there, um, Ryan. And you probably think he ought to have done better with that first chance. Is, is that being overly critical? Do you think? No, I think I think it. He, he probably should have done. I think um, you know, an on form Benick probably puts that away. I think. I think watching it back, it it's a harder chance maybe than it looked. I think you know the ball's coming over his shoulder and difficult. Yeah, and strong. Bentley, yeah, very very close to the keeper. So Bentley, you know, just had to get off his line quickly and and kind of get in the way. Um, so probably one of those with a little bit of hindsight, you. You say harder than it looked, but you'd still be hoping he'd put it away. Um, you know, and, and then his header a bit later on as well, linking up with Evans again. That was a you know a harder chance that he got closer f- from. But you know, it's you a good just, save. Uh, I thought. Well, it's a, it's a classic. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was a save or it hit the post, but either way, it was you know definitely a a good opportunity. Um, it's just a classic one of you know putting these chances in in the net. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's it's like like that's why I said at the beginning, it's one that we could have easily seen drawn and and been bemoaning those two chances of if only we had a striker who could put the ball in the net. I think this this time obviously we get the penalty a bit later on, but that that miss could be could be a big could have been a big moment um after the game. Well, I must admit, I mean, at half-time, nil-nil, I mean, everything you said about here we go with another draw, I mean, whether that be a nil-nil or a one-all, I, I wasn't too sure at that stage. I, it was it was hard to see... Um, it was hard to see many moments coming our way. Um, to, to be fair to the Lions, once the substitution, which was the right substitution, I thought, of Matt Smith um, for, for Jed Wallace, um, once that moment came, then we looked much more inventive and we had... What I think probably Gary Rowett would choose in his ideal world as his ideal front three in Benic Bafobe, Shea Ojo, and Jed Wallace. Because, you know, after Jed's introduction, Ryan, I felt we just showed much more intelligence and movement. Um, I mean, Matt Smith, we, we, we know Matt Smith. We know what he brings. We know what he can't bring. Um, I think he's best employed as a, as a kind of a late substitution coming into a game when we need to to batter our way through rather than employ Guile. So it's probably the other way around for us last night than ideally Gary would want. But certainly once Jed came in, um, we looked a slightly different side from there onwards. Yeah, definitely. I, I asked Robert that actually after the game because I think it's the, the first time that we've got a proper glimpse of, um, you know, Benny Kojo and... and yeah. um, Jed on the pitch at the same time and it is it's a completely different prospect it's a bit more similar to you know a front three we had when he came in you know with a bit more pace yeah uh, definitely would definitely be a better on the counter-attack um it was fair enough I think he said Smith kind of earned his chance you know in getting goals and and not really a reason to drop him obviously with Jed not quite back at no 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 yet, which is fair enough um it does. It does just massively limit your play. Obviously, I, I I'd agree that he's better off the bench when teams are sitting a bit deeper late on. And you know, we've seen the amount, amount of times he's come on off the bench and, and wreaked havoc. But that front three does look does look promising. I think Ojo, Ojo, I wasn't convinced with him as as the kind of ten. He played you know very much through the middle in the first half. But yeah, yeah. You can see, he struggled to get on the ball. He was very much drifting out wide a lot of the time. You know, that's where where he's used to playing. Um, so maybe it was quite a lot to ask of him in a team where he's not quite gelled with everyone yet. But imagine with some game time with Benick and Jed, if they can all stay fit at the same time. It, and it build an understanding. Like a, yeah, yeah, it, it does look like a, a good front three. You can see at times when, when Benick has played off the left, he doesn't have that understanding with, with Malone yet. Um, but you can, you know, you can vision, you can vision those two linking up well. You know, we don't know how injured Malone is yet, but um you can imagine those two would link up quite well. Um, so there's signs of it going more positively for the time being. I agree. I, th I agree. I mean, the the end part of the game, um, obviously Bristol started to just get the ball at us a little bit as, as the last few minutes. There's always got to be a nervy late finish at the den, listeners. You can't ever have it easy. I, I, was, I was praying for that two-goal cushion, but we couldn't get that. Um, but overall, I mean, I think once we got our... Probably our first choice front three in in Ojo and and, uh, and Afobe and, and Jed. Um, you, you're right. You you could see glimpses of of um, what could be laying ahead for us. I mean, I'm just reading an article here. Uh, Ryan is is speaking with uh, Richard Corley of the London News Online, and he says um, now we can be judged if we don't win championship matches. So you know, big talk before the game in a sense. Um, but he said, with players coming back from injury and the attacking options being back available, I think it's fair to judge us 
if we don't win games. Well, he did win games last the game last night. Um, the decisive moment being that that exquisite through ball from um, Jules Savile to, to yeah. find Bennett and then draw the foul inside the penalty area because that was a that was a thing of beauty. I thought. Yeah, fantastic pass. Um, I saw one tweet saying, um, you know, it's the, the sort of pass we were waiting two seasons for Ryan Woodson, yeah. <laughs> which did make me laugh. But um, yeah, no, brilliant pass. I thought Savoy had a really good game last night. Um, I've, se- I've seen quite a few comments about our midfield looking a bit stretched at times and a bit chaotic, which I think is true. I think I think playing the two with the, the three centre-backs behind him, it gives them a lot of work to do, um, especially, you know, Bristol City in the second half changed to have three in midfield. They changed up their shape a bit. And as soon as they're outnumbered, it does get quite stretched in that middle section I think yeah. kind of just prefers having the solidity at the back to to keep it tight and deal with it when the threat comes but I thought Savoy had a really good game obviously got his first league goal um not too long ago and and that's a great assist or well, you know a, a great opportunity to create and Benick does well to win the penalty I'm sure it's one of those where if I was given against us you probably wouldn't be happy with it but you know, you'd swear on your mother's life that it was a penalty. If it oh comes yeah, to I, I, I called it in real time. Uh, I'm a very um, impartial judge, Ryan, as you know. I called it a penalty. So um... very much so, very much so. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I thought Savo had, had a good game, um, and Anaphobi just kind of showing experience and, and a bit of a bit of know-how in, in drawing the foul there as well. And, and you don't really doubt Jed stepping up. Um, off the Not from there, no, no, he buried a penalty very, very well because you know probably going to be our only real opportunity to score and he, he had to take it and that's that's easier said than done and he I thought he put it away very very decisively so well done Jed it's great to see him back and it's great to see the inventiveness that he brings and seems to inspire in his colleagues around him as soon as he comes into a game long so I think that was what was largely missing in that first half performance yeah it's a I yeah. think Mill, Mill our best you know with People have mentioned Sean Hutchinson coming back and how much more solid we look. And it's yeah, so true yeah. how he had another excellent game last night, you know, made a, a few um, late tackles and late blocks. He kind of helped Bart when um, Murray Wallace made the mistake and Andy Byman went through, um, recovered for that. And it was a couple in the second half as well. It's Jed and Jed and Hutch are the two players where if, if Hutch is in the defence, you know, their confidence it is It feels lifted. better, yeah. And when Jed's in, the same yeah. with the attack, everyone's a bit more confident. So, yeah. you know, yeah. the two of them haven't been on the pitch a lot this season at the same no. time. So with those two in, the whole team does have a better feel to it. Um, so we just, it's, you know, it's it's a bit of a cliche by now, but it's just keeping players fit and, and being able to pick the best 11. I thought having Danny Mack back in the team, you, you can see the impact it makes having a Absolutely. right back. Yeah. I mean... Every time I watch him, he he looks like a fantastic player. He's he's going to be um, a top Millwall right back. I think he he's still very young, still learning the game. Obviously, this is his first full championship season, you know, since coming back from his loan last year. But with with Marlon gone now, that that spot is his. And you know, a few darting runs. There was a great recovery challenge in the first half. I remember him making. Yeah, and he just he just looks like a a proper player. Um, someone with a bit of skill, great turn of pace, getting him behind. Um, so him and Jed, I, I think that's going to be a match made in heaven really going forward. I mean, it's great to to see players at Hutch and, and Danny Mack, both Millwall players <laughs> rather than on loan from other teams because I'm, 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 I'm suddenly aware that I'm heaping praise. And I was just about to heap praise on Dan Ballard. I, I really like the look of, but he's he's not our player. He's, he's an Arsenal loan. Um, and, you know, in a similar way with um, Shea Ojo and, and, and even Benick, I suppose, you know, they're, they're all on loan to us. So it's just nice to be able to give a little bit of praise to um, players that are at least contracted to play for Mill Football Club in that sense. Mm. Um, I mean, as, as far as as far as the 
um, forward look, you know, to look forward a little bit from here. I, th- I felt coming away from the den last night that go, it gives us a good base. I mean, it, to get that win was a big, a big thing off of our shoulders. And, you know, um, from here we can start to move forwards. I, I hope. I mean, we've got a trip to Barnsley on Saturday where we can at least maybe play our absorption game or whatever you want to call it and look to hit on the break a little bit more. But to get the home win was was a big thing. Yeah, and that's a couple now, you know, the, the Blackpool one kind of, um, you know, tail ending this run. I was Before the game, I was trying to look at, obviously we drew five in a row last season. Um, this would have been a fifth draw in a row if we if we didn't get the win. Yeah, I was trying to look at the last time we, we drew five in a row in a season. Um, and I went back to 1998, I think it was, and we still hadn't. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the first time in Mill's history that we'd drawn five i can't think of any yeah i mean i go back a long way and none none spring to mind i haven't checked every single season but um generally i think where you're not winning for any length of time it becomes um it becomes like a loss doesn't it another draw becomes starts to feel like another loss that's what is that's what so in a way draws how they have been coming as well they they almost become more demoralizing than than uh yeah and then losses, it's, you know, it's that, that classic expression of the hope that kills you. Like there's so many draws over the last couple of seasons. You look at them and go, we could have, should have won that game. And that's almost more demoralising than getting whacked 3-0 every week and just going, we're just no good. Because you're looking at the team being like, but we look good enough. We look competitive and we just can't quite win. I think Barnsley, it, it's an odd one as well. If, if, if we beat Barnsley on Saturday, who, you know, haven't started well, you know, maybe a slight bogey side for us, a side that we historically yeah. struggle yeah. against. But if, if we can beat them um then you're going into an international break with run of seven games in the league with three wins and four draws and starting to move up the table would probably you know potentially be in the top half you know if not in the top 10 winning that game well and we like the optimism i like the optimism of that well it's just it's, it's odd how the optics go you know with nicking a win if you can make it two in a row and go into international break, seven unbeaten, then it starts becoming rather than four without a win. Yes. All of a sudden, we've gone from four without a win to seven unbeaten. And well, it just completely changes the mood. It's and, true. It's true. It's you true. Know, with, with players coming back from injury, you start to think, okay, maybe we can maybe we can start, we can make something of this. Maybe we can get a run together. So it's, it's interesting how quickly it can change. But I think... That you mentioned earlier, obviously you were praying for that second goal. I think that that is just it at the moment. We we should just have the had cushion. That game. We yeah. should have had that game out of sight. Even Billy Mitchell's late chance, where yeah, you know, got blocked. Thought Sav probably yeah. could have taken on the shot himself, fumbled on it a little bit, and then and Mitchell did well to get a shot away, and Bentley made another good save. But we we need to start winning games comfortably. We need to start seeing games out comfortably rather than edge of your seat. I mean, I think I saw in the week we very rarely score. I think it was Millwall T two put it up. I'm not sure, but. We don't score two goals very often. No, we don't. Um, no. You know, and I think Rowett said that maybe even the season before last about how hard we have to work to get, get one goal, and that's not really changed. And that that is a problem where you know two goals makes your life a lot easier. It means one mistake, like we saw in the first half, you know, where where that ball just goes over Murray Wallace's head. One mistake like that, and we could be one 0 down very easily, and the whole atmosphere changes. So we just need to start killing off games or at least, you know, getting a second goal and, and just giving everyone a bit of breathing space, get the crowd to calm down a bit, um, you know, take the pressure off all the players on the pitch. And really, really, that's where the confidence is going to come from rather than just getting three points in a in a home 1-0 that potentially could have gone either way. 
Absolutely. I mean, my heart can't take these kind of late ten last ten minute um, pressure finishes, Ryan. So, you know, come on, boys, we do need that second goal. Um, I think it's the next the next level that we've got to move to. I, I think I think shaking this draw. I, I mean, shaking the injury crisis and then shaking the draw mentality, whatever way you want to put it. Um, and then to get the win, which is what we did last night, and hopefully we'll press on Saturday. But the next level will be to win decisively. You're right. I mean, the second goal syndrome will be the thing that we've now got to tackle. Yeah, I think it's it, the injuries coming back will help. Um, it, it will be interesting to see how badly Scott Malone is injured. Obviously, he pulled up yeah. in that late sprint. And when and you could see him stretching out like his, obviously his quad went. Um, it'd be interesting to see if that's just fatigue. Obviously, he plays a lot of minutes and does a lot of running. Um, it'd be interesting to see if that's just fatigue and, and it just tightened up. Or, you know, he limped very, very gingerly off the pitch. So he if he if it's a, a bad injury, I think he could surprisingly be a, a big miss for us. I know Harry always likes to to bemoan the fact that our <laughs> second most creative player is our left back. But you can also look at that flip side being that's our second most creative player who if we don't if we if we don't have him, I think it's a very different side. You've got Murray Wallace potentially our left wing back. Yeah, and, this feels different, then, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. So, so hopefully he's not up for long. I imagine he won't play against Barnsley. Um, I, I, I doubt. Looking at him, you know, as you say, he was very, yeah. very uh, tender. So, so hopefully it's just a you know weeks bed rest and and back for after the international break. But it's we, we just can't afford to keep getting injuries. It, it really kills us when our squad isn't massive. I found it odd that we had you know the, the squad makeup is is very peculiar. We we had three central midfielders on the bench. Yeah, and we won't. We only play two in a, in the system, and it's it's odd how how the how the squad looks at the moment. It's it's not quite right, you know. It's the the, the balance isn't quite there. I I wonder, you know, Rowett Rowett talks about wanting to change the results, obviously, and and do something to to stop the draws. But I find it very interesting that he hasn't once tried not playing five at the back. Seemingly, you know, he he might do it for late on in a game at a spell and to change it around slightly. But I wonder what the, the issue is there if he just doesn't feel like he has the personnel or the ability to do it. Because sometimes you think, you look at the team and a midfield three, you know, if you've got Evans, Leonard and um, and Savile in there, if Evans, Leonard and, or, and uh, Mitchell. Mitchell, We've yeah. got some decent, we've got enough central midfielders now. Obviously last season we had a spell where we couldn't seem to, to pay people in the crowd to play central midfield for us. Yeah, But now we've, we've got a dearth of them and you wonder, you know, could it could we potentially look at trying to play a back four and, and being a bit more expansive? Is that what is that what is going to force the issue and make us, you know, push forward? But that doesn't really look like it's on the horizon. So for the time being, it is just finding that solution. And whether that's Ojo, Jed, and and Bennett coming in, you know, I, I was at least happy Rowett tried something different today from the start. You know, a phobia and Smith up top together. I don't really like phobia off the left, but putting Ojo in as a 10, you know, you can see he's trying something to see if it works. But I wonder if maybe that starts from the back. I know what you mean. I mean, I'm just looking at the team. I mean, it, it, Smith started last night um, for, a, you know, because of injury reasons and, 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 and so on. Normally you wouldn't have that. You'd normally have, I think, um, the Ojo, a Jed Wallace, three up front. As you say, the, the midfield looks pretty solid, and there are choices on the bench. What there isn't a choice because Conor Mahoney now is is injured, but there's no one on that bench, which is George Longgoal, Jake Cooper, Keefton Belt last night, uh, Jed for Smith, Bradshaw, Leonard, and Mitchell. There's there's nothing that I would call um, 
There's no one's going to come in and actually change a game there, Ryan, is there? There's no flair that's going to come in, some kind of, um, you know, quixotic kind of um, flair player that's going to come off the bench. Whether we have them within the ranks, and we've got um, players out on loan, and Tyler now is Bury is, is, uh, is also injured. But we don't seem to have much in the way, once we get past Ojo, Afobe, and Jed Wallace, in the way of players that can come in and unlock a defence or take 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 the ball and run with it, Do you know it's it, yeah we 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 are we are very functional and it's not it's not intended as a criticism because you do need um, functional players in any squad, but there's nothing sitting on that bench um, who's going to come in and and lift you out of your seat slightly, you know. Um, no, not at all. There's that, the, there's that, the problem for me. No, that I think that is one of the biggest problems we have at the moment is that. Every, every all the all the players we have are very much of a mold. We don't really have, you know, outside. You know, we don't really have much variety. I mean, you know, you look at even like I mentioned the midfielders. I mean, out of those five central midfielders that we've mentioned, so Stavel and and Evans who started yesterday, then Keep the Bell, Lennon and Mitchell on the bench, they're all very similar types of midfielders. Yes, so they're all pretty much box to box, probably a bit more defensive than they are attacking. I think Savile is the only one who's slightly different. Hard working, hard working, 100 percenters. Yeah. So it's not, and that's, that's why, you know, Woods like him or lump him. I think that is why the, the idea behind having him in the side last year was that he was a slightly different player, but you know, that, that didn't seem to work out massively. Um, And it is, it is a shame when, you know, there's been loads of times this season when it's a bit of a stalemate and we're slightly on top, and you know, you're like, right, we need to go for this. And you turn around and, and George Evans is stripping off, being like, right, we're gonna put this, <laughs> we're gonna put this centre back slash centre mid on, who is supposedly gonna give us the forward momentum that we need. And I think I think Billy Mitchell does do that a bit. He he likes to run forward through the midfield. I think he likes to get in the box. Obviously, we saw towards the end of last game, and he's got great energy about him, yeah. but it's not quite enough. You know, you, you wouldn't put your house on Tom Bradshaw coming in and changing again. No, 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 no. Um, Mason Bennett coming back from injury would help, um, but even then, it's it's relatively limited. I mean, it wasn't a game overloaded with with flair moments last night, but you know, watching the impact of Jed when he came in, his willingness to try the unusual, the kind of flicks and the twists and the turns, and I saw a little bit with um, Ojo through the game. Um, he looks like you know, and you can see he's come from a, a club and a level where this is normal, so to speak. Um, and Afobe also has intelligence on the ball. I mean, it, it, they just stand apart almost, the, the, the front three. Thank, thankfully, we've got them because I think they, they will click and they will work together. But yeah, um, I'd like to see, I'd like to see some, on sitting on our bench, some of the youngsters that we've clearly got are on loan and, or, you know, been sent to the, the four corners of the kingdom. Um, to learn their trades, um, I'd like to see them coming in and trying some of these little tricks and turns. The unusual that's um, you know it just it, this is this is why you got to watch football, Ryan. It's 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 great watching um, a functional win, but sometimes you want to be you just have your spirit lifted slightly, you know. Yeah, it's it's really hard. The youngsters thing is a is an odd issue. It's it's a it's a, I think the championship in general is a very, very hard division to bring youngsters through in unless they're they're top quality. So that's why you see, you know, a lot of Premier League youngsters coming in and and the best ones do well. So, you know, you look at Mason Mount when he was here last season, you look at the likes of Jack Grealish now who's gone on, they, they're, when they're young and they can come in and do really well, that's because they're very, very good players, but there's plenty who come on loan, you know, a certain Troy Parrott, 
Yeah, comes, yeah. Even yeah. say Jason Malumbi, who comes in and does well, but then hasn't really kicked on. He's not really doing massively now. But obviously back out on loan at West Brom. Even you know, you look at Shea Ojo's just continual loan spells. So it's a hard, hard league for Premier League players to to um, kind of develop in. So bringing your own players through, and I know Harris mentioned this before when he was in the Championship, and we seem to be in a bit of a, a period where when we're in League One, it's very easy to do that, to put a youngster in who can make mistakes, you have a bit more room to manoeuvre in League One. But yeah. the difference in quality is such that Tyler Bury, who's doing great things at Hartlepool, obviously until his injury in he League just, Two, yeah. Yeah. that two-division jump is massive. I mean, there's almost a, a, a whole divisional divide between League One and League and the Championship now The the, the 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 gap in quality is is massive, and that's obviously parachute payments and a lot of other reasons that that's happened. But a player that so like Alafe, you know, a player that has got a lot of goals in the national league might look completely out of place in the championship. And you know, you can say there's an argument for you know playing them, given the experience, and let them get to that level. But in a in a short term kind of attitude, when you've got a manager and no, this isn't questioning Gary Rowett's commitment to the club mm. or yeah, the yeah. job he wants to do. He would say, and most managers would say, my result is to win matches and get points, you know, or he might say my 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 job is to not draw matches. But um, it's it's a very hard environment to blood youngsters and get results when you don't have amazing youngsters. I mean, even after Br- Bristol City, you have this youngster, Alex Scott, who I think has been playing for the England under-17s, under-21s maybe. And he is a, a very, very bright prospect. And uh, a couple of the Bristol journalists after the game were asking, you know, why has he not come on? You know, we're all excited about him. And it was their assistant manager um, doing the press conference. Yeah, yeah, because um, Pearson was, was about, yeah. Sorry. And he just, and he he said it as it is, you know, he said, look, he's very, very young. He's not ready to just play every game. How We know he's going to be a very good player. We know he's going to be, you know, a very crucial player for us until he eventually moves on. They know how good he is. But that doesn't mean that, at 17, I think he is. He's good enough to be playing every minute of every game at the moment, and that's that's the, the reality for youngsters. I think it's it's a very hard place to balance the 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 grind of getting wins and bringing through youngsters. So when when you have someone like Harris, who we had before, he's committed to doing that and understands it a bit more and will risk those players. But for the time being, it's players like McNamara who has to go out and prove himself on loan or. No. Um, you know Billy Mitchell, who yeah. is a player of seemingly of good quality, but even he's still you know, slightly struggling for minutes, and that's a bit fitness-related, bit form. But it's just patience, and it, it gets frustrating as a fan. But um, you can see where the managers are coming from, I guess. Thankfully, we're overloaded with patience at the Den, so um, it's, <laughs> we're known for our patience. <laughs> that is wonderful stuff, Ryan Loftus. Thank you for joining me. It's very Thursday well. morning. Thank you very much, Nick. Good to hear from you. And thank you to, to you, dear listeners, for tuning into this edition of Achtung Mill Midweek Special. So until uh, the weekend after the Barnsley game, we'll have a, 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 an edition then. It's bye for now and Arriva Dirty Millwall. Thank you for listening to Achtung Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky review. Arriva Dirty Millwall. Till next time. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.